Hello and welcome to the DM's Book Club, a podcast where we read about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we might include it in our role-playing campaigns. With me back again for yet another episode is Hamilton. It's you. How are you, Hamilton? You're like, do do it's me. I'm good. I'm good. As you know, I'm a little bit tired, but yes. I am eager and excited to talk about today's theme topic. That's the word topic. I'm looking for. Yes. What? Choice of phrase. Yeah, no, me too. Yeah. It's exciting because this has come out very recently for mm. us. Um, we love a bit of unearthed arcana. We'll start the episode by saying, well, me asking a question. Hamilton, how much of Dragonlance have you read? Uh, uh, not a lot. <laughs> not a lot at all. It no, is. It, one, it, yeah, what the same. Yeah, I was going to ask the same with you, I think you said. I, I have not. I have bought the books now because I know there is the latest Dragonlance novel has been announced and it's coming out in October. And I thought, well, that's going to be great content for when we get there. So I need to catch up and read them. So I do have them. They are, you can actually see them just gently on that back shelf. They're Zoom sort of in. piled up. Pi- enhance, enhance. Enhance, <laughs> enhance. Enhance, enhance. Um, so they are there ready to be read, but yep. they're in the. To read pile so mm. unfortunately no i i uh, i'm a very late comer to D in general but i i to dragon last year but i know it's very well loved campaign is, setting yeah. and i think people are very excited mm. for it and and now with this announcement of unearthed arcana i think we're pretty much accepted that the, one of the big campaign settings coming out either end of this year or the beginning of next year will be a dragon Seems Five like years. pretty much official now, isn't it? Because they uh, yeah, when you've got when you've got something like this, yeah, it's pretty... I think it's pretty on the it's pretty on the nose. So it feels like then, as we talked about in our future of D and D episode at the end or slash beginning of this year, end of last year, was mm-hmm. the fact that they said there were going to be two old settings being brought back. So that means mm-hmm. Spelljammer and Dragonlance. We think it's definitely Dragonlance now, certainly with this yeah. new Unearthed Arcana. So yes, we're gonna, today we're going to be looking at the Heroes of Kryn Unearthed Arcana 2022. But that's not to say when we looked at the uh, previous Unearthed Arcana, which did have the Spelljammer sort of lineages as well, because there was also lineages in that that were from Dark Sun as well. That's so I, I suspect it, those three are possibly the three yeah. sort of old classic campaigns they're bringing back an update into 5th edition which I know people are very passionate about obviously we've talked about Spelljammer at such great length mm. about that coming back and I think that's pretty much been confirmed but now Dragonlance especially with like I said the new book coming out as well that now that they've got all the the copyright and the law stuff out of the way because there was that little yes. little trivial I'd say Yes, that little legal thing that happened, which we won't go into too much detail, but uh, but it's exciting. More books, more stuff like that, and I hopefully we'll get more people like us into D and D and stuff. Because I'm one of those people that's not really read any of the D and D novels. You know, definitely, I'm sure at some point we'll have to talk about Dritz novels. Yeah, so those are the only yeah. ones I've read, which are the Dritz novels and a couple of the. Uh, I read one of the Spider Queen novels as well, which mm. is like secondary, which is also by Salvatore. So yeah, but that's really my D and D book entry point other than that so like there are so many settings though and like as we know there's even settings like we did ghost walk which are esoteric and still aren't you know like there's a lot of them we've done stuff like uh tolus recently for a bonus episode which is all monty cook which was used to create basically it was like what if we just made a setting that would just try and break all the rules so it's such a massive campaign setting which now has been updated for 5e I guess going into this, obviously we're saying at the top, we're not experts on Dragonlance, so don't expect this to be a, a reference fest and all knowledge for us about Dragonlance itself. But also I think it's a good jumping off point to see like if it's something you'd be interested in yeah. running a game of it or taking some of these these ideas. Because I think in the, again, very short Unearthed Arcana, only about seven, yeah, six mm. pages, there's actually some nice ideas in there. That isn't in the main game. I'm sure we'll come to sort of the 
the new subclass for uh, sorcerers. Mm. I'm like, oh, actually, I quite like that as a result. So let's get to it then. Okay, so where do we start? What do we get in this Unearth Arcana then? What's the four or five things that, or six things or whatever we get? Oh. <laughs> four or five or six things we get. So compared to other Unearthed Arcanas we've had, so when we've had, say, the Dragonborns for the for the new Fizz Bands, mm. or the, uh, like we said, this is the previous sort of uh, folk of the multiverse ones, yes. they've all been kind of themed about, like, here are some new lineages, here mm. are some themed, like, dragon-themed mm. stuff. Here... It's clearly, it's just, it's a very short collection of things. So in this document, we've got one new lineage, which is the Kenda. Got a one new subclass, a sorcerer subclass called the Lunar Magic subclass. Two backgrounds, so the Knight of, oh, I've already got it, I've already forgotten what it is. The Knight of... Salamnia. There you go, Knight of Salamnia and the Mage of High Sorcery. And then we've got a couple of feats as well. So it's a little bit of like, it's just like, it feels, compared to the previous Unearthed Archives, it does feel like a more of a... Wasn't uh, the Strixhaven one, though, a little bit more like that? Because you got Owlin and you got some feet and you got some backgrounds, didn't you, as well? With the mages of Strixhaven, that was definitely more like here are the classes. The Owlin folk was in the folk of the Feywild. Sorry. shifted out there. That was no, why. It's, You're right. Don't worry. Don't worry. But this, but this is interesting, right? Because mm. I think, obviously, the thing that ties these wins all together is the fact it's Kryn, it's yes. Dragolans. I think maybe to some people, again, like us, who don't really know Dragonlance that well, they're like, oh, it's, it's not like, oh, here are like five new lineages we can play, or here's a ton of spells or something like that. So it's definitely all themed to be, this is Kryn, this is what you'd expect in a Dragonlance setting. So Yeah, okay. I guess we'll start off with the race, uh, the Kenda. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the world of Kryn, Kenda are small sort of humanoids that look like humans, but with pointed ears and diverse appearances. Their sort of special sort of USP is that they have this sort of curiosity for going on adventures, big and small. So again, mm-hmm. that's that instantly that you are an adventurer, you want to go on these things, where, rather yeah. than being pushed into it, which I quite like. Kind of wonderlust. Sort of yeah, and I think not many other than like um, halflings that sometimes get that. There's usually it's like there's a purpose to my mission. I must go yeah. save stuff. Whereas if these people, you could just play them as like I just want to go on a big adventure, and I you know it's just something I want to do, which I quite like as a as you don't like you don't need a big backstory yeah like RP moment. You could just start off with that and just, then come up with stuff later. Yeah. The drive for exactly. And they, I like the sort of well, obviously I'm going to like the relationship to the Feywild that gives them this sort of like. The connection, the whimsical magic of the Feywild, which is, yes. which, I don't know, just a, a such lovely sentence, really, I guess. And, and and that goes with their curiosity. And I just think that kind of gives you, you know, a bit of role play ideas of how you might you play them. That sort of it's it's not the yeah, the sort of wonderlust, but it's more the whimsy of it, I think, is kind of more fun. It makes it more kind of just I'm just going along for the ride and let's just enjoy this sort of thing instead of like heroic adventure do you know what I mean? that's kind of yeah. what it very much reminds me I don't know if you've ever read any Douglas Adams Dirk Gently because obviously that was the idea uh, the idea of like holisticness that yes. everything's interconnected in some way and this is what I really felt like it talks about like how many Kenda found themselves falling through gates or portals to other places like they just happened to yeah. do it because they're in the right place at the right time they've just you know oh because they did this one thing and they let someone else go before them they would have missed this chance and yada 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 it's all these little coincidences which I absolutely love 
which then goes on to this whole idea of like they always find like a tool for every occasion uh, that just appears I know in their pockets so they'll there's basically it's called um, Kender's Ace so starting at level 3 you possess a magical ability to pull an item out of a bag or another container as a bonus action you reach into a container you're carrying and roll on the table to determine what item you pull out and you can use this for as equal as many times as your proficiency bonus and you get them all at the end of the long rest so it's a nice little Again, I would see it as a role-play mode, so looking at the table itself, it goes from everywhere between 5d6 gold pieces, uh, a simple weapon of your choice, an item from the adventuring gear table, an item from the trinkets table, your choice of a crowbar or a grappling hook, or an item of choice from the tool table. So they're all—they're not like, I pull out the sword of dragon slaying, it's nothing yeah. like that. Well, it's and, like you—you uh, you might need, uh, you know, you've, you, you're normally uh, using a short sword, you realise that you're now fighting something that's in the air, you pull out a bow, you know, something like that. Yeah. This kind of that sort of thing, like, I need a bow, I got a bow. And I quite like with this as well, because it, it talks about the object you pull out, so the object glimmers softly and then disappears after an hour. Mm-hmm. And this sort of ties into this idea that there's a bit of a suspicion that they're sort of often mislabeled the Kenda as Phoebes, because they just seem to have all the stuff they need, and then, oh... It's disappeared. It's gone, and you're like, "Oh, they must have done something." Whereas I think, again, it's that sort of just I just so happened to have five d six gold mm. pieces uh, to pay for this tab, and then you leave, and then suddenly like, "Hey, your money's no, it's not real money. It's it's gone after a little bit." So I I like the idea. It's like a tool or something for every occasion, but it's it might not. You know, you've got you got to get in there and get out. Exactly. You can't yeah, just you're be, not going back to be, that pub. <laughs> you're not yeah, going back. There. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, I think that was that was the thing for me is like because it does say that you roll on the table, you don't pick. Mm. So I was like, I don't know if players would like that too much because you'd be like, oh, I got, I just need like you said, I need a, a better weapon because they're flying mm. up the end. Oh, but I've got five d six gold pieces. <laughs> Maybe I'll just chuck. Yeah, it I out feel like you would. Like I think you would just sort of like let them choose from the table as to what's yeah. necessary. Just so you can have anything from these these things because what's the point in it? happening if you're like oh i roll the table it's like oh okay i got five i mean okay fine maybe there is something fun you do i chuck the money at the dragon see if that distracts it (laughs) it also doesn't say you could because presumably you can pull out as many items as you can do it as up to your proficiency level it doesn't say that you can only have one item at a time it's not like you pull out something and you go oh i need something else and then it disappears so you could be pulling out no 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 which would be hilarious I think that'd be amazing but also like I said it's not necessarily a game breaking thing you're not going to pull out an amazing sword you're going to pull out something like thieves tools you're going to pull out a rope so you can climb up and stuff like that so it's it's little things so it's definitely for for me it's like a role play moment or something to make a check a little bit easier Mm. to open a door or something like that it's very um, cartoony I quite like it it's very acne Oh, that would be great if you could brand it. Yeah, it's got a brand on it that yeah, is like, like a, the Kendo. Yeah, exactly. The gold coins are actually an imprint ace. of your character's just face. Ace. It just says Ace on it. Ace. Just says Ace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ace coins. I love mm. it. The other other feature that Kendo get is something called Taunt. So they have mm. this sort of a supernatural ability to hone in on a creature's emotional raw nerves and craft a taunt that flusters the creature. Which again, I just like that idea. It's like, hey, hey, you. You suck. Like, you that, that's, suck. That, that's, that's my level of um, of insult. You'll it's never very have much... artistic talent. You're like, and just <gasps> Dran goes, <"No!" laughs> Your mother was never proud of you. <gasps> How did you know? <laughs> this sort of uh, ability is very much like vicious mockery, I think, but without yeah. the damage yeah. or without the spell slot per se. So it's the idea that you, yeah, for bonus action, it's someone within 60 feet who can hear and understand you. They've got to make a, a target's 
wisdom saving throw or have disadvantage on the next attack roll before the start of your next turn. Yeah. Useful, good to have, I think. I think it's uh, a lot of, and again, it's another bit of fun stuff, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit of fun, really. I, I like it. It's again, it's very cheeky, very much like a. Yeah, like you said, again, I see this as a... Not to put down on Dragonlance, I'm sure it's def- they're definitely very serious uh, characters in Dragonlance, but it does feel like a very much like a, oh, we're just off on an adventure, cheeky chappies, yeah. oh God, what do we do? Uh, I know, I'm going to insult it, and then it won't attack us anymore. Oh no! <laughs> well, I've called it off guard. You know, it does feel very Hobbit-like, very sort of halfling-like as well in that respect, yeah. It's a good... I think overall, it's, um, it's just a fun lineage to, to to try out i think that it, yeah. it kind of creates it i think it comes from really you might use it outside of the crin world if you were looking just for a halfling character that had that more of a whimsical nature basically isn't it really yeah. you're looking for something that's a bit more fun and and you want to play that sort of character this is a great one just to help give you some basically some some mechanics to go with that role play basically they share that same trait of brave, so they would uh, you tend to have advantage on saving throws yeah. to avoid being frightened or end the frightened condition on yourself, which I believe halflings do as well. They just don't have that luck condition, perhaps. The luck condition, um, which is great, to be honest. Great. Not ever running a great. natural one is. Yeah, as long as you remember it, I always forget. Yes, forgot I it forgot it, halflings. and I my halfling died because I forgot it. <gasps> Is that's how it was. I did, rolled and I did a one when I was trying to do the save and I fell in. Then I realised when on my way home, like, oh for fuck's sake! I was like, I, was like, I can't roll once. I didn't even realise. Go, go back to the table. I can save myself. I can save myself. I think compared to other races we've seen recently, other lineages we've seen recently, which have been like very much like, here is a rabbit folk, here is an owl, and here mm. is here are creatures we would maybe consider monstrous, but they're not. They're also folk as well. I think now it's like, oh, and here's Kenda, and you're like, oh, mm. they 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 are something that we recognise because we've seen them other parts of them elsewhere. Yeah. So Did we yeah, get the I, the gnome. Uh, the alternative gnome for Spelljammer, they haven't, they didn't bring that out, did they? In that Spelljammer one, the they, they did the auto gnome, but they didn't do mm. the the gnomes of Spelljammer have a, a variation oh. as well, don't they? The M, it's got an M and an M in it. I can't remember how you pronounce it, um. but they're the consistently chaotically creating things in a in like oh, a, the, you know they kind yes. of um, kit bashing basically everything together yeah. and and everything kind of it's a bit like an orc in. 40k sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't... I don't believe they've released yeah a specific mm. uh, lineage for that kind of gnome. I think they might just be like, hey, so gnomes like in this setting yeah. are a bit like this. But I imagine that's but something yeah. similar that, that would come mm. out when they do the spell jam, which is like an alternate of a gnome, but it's basically, it's still, as in, it's what it's doing is it's it's changing the sort of like characteristics of the sort of emotive and like their sort of... Which is you know, it's good. It's that sort of playing more on the role playing aspect of it, and more on the sort of you know the sort of attitude. I guess what's interesting as well with the Kendas, just 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 off based on that, there isn't anything like you're proficient in this skill, yeah. which sometimes you do get if you're, say for example, um, a dwarf. Like a, they're, they're, sometimes they're like, oh, you get proficient in history checks about stonework and all that sort yeah. of thing, just because you're a dwarf. There's nothing like that here. These are all talents that you could use, or have a role play ability yeah. for, or you roll in tech combat. There isn't anything else that's like you're skilled in this thing and this yeah. thing. So I, I, that's that's the first time I've seen that here actually. So. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting, and I feel like when it kind of made me think that you could, you know, if, you know, if you wanted to develop the sort of lineages even further away from sort of like traits of like of your personage, your actual lineage, but actually mm. gave more, you know, background sort of done it. But it w- would be interesting if they actually altered, you know, altered lineages away from actually stat based information. They just purely were. 
that's just your lineage. You know, we took away... And actually, the mechanics-based stuff was just more based on your personality. Do you know what I mean? And actually, that's kind of what this Kenda does. It's like, I want to go for that kind of personality. And maybe you don't need to be... a. You know, what would be good is if we just got rid of the fact that that needs to be a Kenda. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, this could, that maybe we could look... There you go, Wizards of the Coast. You could take that as an idea. Get rid of, take that. Get rid of lineages take that giving you sort of like the actual qualities and take personality that give you bonuses. I think that could be interesting. Mm. The only issue I'd have is that people... Because would you then judge people for role-playing it? That's the only thing. It's like, oh, you weren't, you weren't using well, your things enough, so... Well, I, I know. It's the same, though, as not using... Forgetting to use your, your luck point. But I think right? it's kind of just yeah. like... I think yeah. it just would be interesting to say, like, okay, I'm playing, a, I'm playing an elf, but they are just that lucky elf. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm going to give, and I know you can do that with feats, but it'd be interesting if you could just be like, let's get, you know, you can stat by now with the the lineages, which I think is, you know, really cool and gives you much more flexibility in how you want to play your, you know, you want to be a, a, a dexy or a strengthy elf. You can you mm-hmm. can choose that now. And so why not say, well, I want to be a lucky elf as well. I mean, okay, you can I, homebrew anything, but I just think it would be. I no, think. I think I think it's a it's a valid thing to chat about because I think yeah, because especially when we, maybe a topic for another time, but that idea that a lot of the story stuff when we're performing or we're rolling uh, the games and stuff like that, the best part of it is that having those conversations and acting the part. Yeah. It's ne- sometimes the dice rolls help, but ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, if you're just rolling the dice and it's just back and forth, back and forth, you're just you're just chopping off hit points off the off the mooks. I think it's nice just having them two together as well, because what this does is it gives you like the aces thing or or the luck feat, it gives you m- mechanics that fit your mm-hmm. role play, which I think is always mm-hmm. good. Why don't you introduce us then to okay. the Sorcerer's Subclass? Okay, yes. You said this was your favourite, right? So well, I want to hear what I really enjoyed. I mean, as I mentioned in an, in our other show, I played a paladin of Saloon, so I was kind of I like the you know I like the moon. I think it's cool. The moon's cool. Like I'm an I'm an hey moon. I'm a night owl <laughs> over a, a over a day walker, I guess in some respects. So yes, you know. yeah, yeah. No, it's it's an interesting subclass. I like sorcerer. I, I've never actually played a sorcerer properly i've you know i've, no. I've built a sorcerer because i've built pretty much all char- a million characters for the heck of it haven't we all exactly <laughs> I, I find them really interesting and i think this idea of the the inherent magic is always quite interesting and and this one being a sort of your magic then is so as it says it's lunar magic and on many worlds the moon is revered is a revered celestial body with magical properties on crin gods of magic are associated with the world's three moons on the world of Toral, though we have Saloon, as I mentioned, the, uh, uses the light of the moon to battle darkness. On a November on, uh, scholars of the Draconic Prophecy decipher ancient secrets from the waxing and waning of the world's 12 moons. So I think that's kind of interesting. So you're exposed to the concentrated magic of the moon, or perhaps your ancestor was involved in a druidic ritual involving the eclipse. I kind of like that sort of like, um, it made me think of... Uh, Born on a bad moon, you know, born on, you know, born on, yeah. you know, that sort of sign, born under a bad sign, sort of thing. But that sort of like red moon, you know, the the, the sort of red moons we get in this country, sort of born at the, you know, on a red moon, and yeah, very pagan, isn't it? Yeah, I kind of like that. It's kind of cool. Well, it's it's interesting you mentioned that. So um, again, slight spoilers for people who haven't listened to the Call of the Neverdeep stuff, but a lot of that does revolve around the second moon of Haldore, which is a. Uh, Oh, yes, I remember seeing just, it when I was reading it the other day. Yeah, oh. it's, it's, and and it's this idea that you know there are omens and stuff like that. And mm. I did look up actually because I was like, I'm sure there's already a class that has moon in the title. So the druids have circle of the moon, 
as uh, as a subclass. But interestingly enough, that has absolutely really very little to do with the moon itself. It's yeah. more about like like that idea of under a full moon, mm. your animalistic desires yeah. are a bit so you can transform into more animals of a of a higher challenge rating, and that's yes. kind of it. Whereas okay. here. It talks more about the mm. lunar magic, and and mm. and I loved how it breaks it up into. Uh, we'll go into it more detail, but it talks about full moon, new moon, and lunar moon, and mm. I love that because again, I'm doing stuff right now uh, about sort of mystical improv, where we look at all the different sort of uh, the new moon cycles. So every every eight weeks, or so we sort of meet and we just discuss like what people would do to celebrate yeah. the the full moon at this time, and like what festivals they would do around. You know, so as as it goes out through the year, they'll change over time because it's like okay, the harvest is coming in, winter is now setting in. What do yeah. we do about that? So you've so, heard the theories on the moon and learning. Have you ever heard these theories? No, go for it. Oh, go okay. So when the moon is at its fullest, so when it's a full moon, you there's a, there's a theory in in Vedic practices of that you you're saturated, and therefore if you're trying to get a point across to someone, you should never do it on a full moon because they are at the point where they will be the most full of. They've taken on too much information now, and therefore anything new coming in is just going to be is going to be barred off so you should always try and learn something new or try and tell something like try and get a point across to someone on a new moon because they are then refreshed and open for for new information i I don't know if it's true but i love that yeah there's definitely that sort of idea like yeah the the again the talk about as soon as you get to a new moon it's like okay new start new beginnings and stuff like that and then you get to say you're coming to the tail end of your productivity and stuff so and this is where it's the most at the highest peak Mm. so yeah it totally makes sense that you're not able to take on anything else because you're finishing off you know your energy's being used elsewhere so i no, i think that's great i love that and we all know that 999 calls go up on a full moon that's the that's a famous fact isn't it really I did not know. Yeah, that. no, like literally, full moons. Uh, there's definitely an, a peak in in all activity of that nature on a, like of like nine 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 calls happening on uh, on full moons. I think that's. I don't think oh, I'm gonna have to double check if that's not an urban myth. Oh, but... yeah, I was gonna say those werewolves are gonna be like, hey, we don't need we don't need your slander or propaganda. As you're looking that up, I'll say so. It talks about like all sort of sorceress uh, subclasses. It talks about this idea of like how does your magic manifest itself? So they, I guess, there's a, as always, there's a great table about how it looks when you start to do your magic. Uh, my favourite one is uh, number four on the manifestations of lunar magic, which is your pupils shift in shape matching the current phase of the of a moon from your world. So the idea that they could be proper full and then they go to a crescent shape and then they just disappear completely. I'm like, oh, that looks amazing. I, I, in my head, I was like, that looks so cool, but also terrifying from a from a horror perspective. As someone also who did a, uh, I did a cosmological uh, based set of races for uh, D&D, which you can find on the DMs Guild <laughs> called Cosmolith. <gasps> what? Yeah. Over 250 downloads. Uh, free. Uh, you never, you never told me that. Okay, that that's going into the episode description. Yeah, so, we so they did, and so the one of them, so they had the had Solaris, we had the Lunara. There's the Jutari, which was like gas giants, and they were all like, and there's the Nebulon and stuff like that. Yeah, I made a load of them, and uh, one of them based on uh, black holes, which was kind of cool, like which is kind of like a variant oh, when cool. you, if you get to like tenth level, it's like a DM's choice that they can like start to fall into like becoming like a, a gravity well and they become like op but they also ruin everything around them anyway so it's kind of cool uh, there's similar things in this that i like that i saw in it which was the fact of like there's a lot of good spells and fun spells with the moon which i found at the time like moonbeam is one but you can also cast onto weapons i forgot what it's called now the term moon touched 
weapons mm -hmm. and so and that will give you a magic effect onto a weapon and then that makes a weapon magical so if you want to then you know use it against uh creatures that need magical weapons and stuff so there's quite but there's a lot of them in there um and so there's some fun spells that they do give you in this and i like the choice that you have of lunar embodiment so mm. we talked about these at full moon new moon they give you different spells based on them and and from what we've said in those for i understand the full moon is abjuration conjuration new moon is evocation and necromancy and crescent moon is divination and transmutation and they sort of right. that theme comes across in all of the different levels so each level mm -hmm. as you say so you get something you get the spells at, at first level and then at sixth level you get a bonus magic feature which is those each lunar phase you get metamagic on if you use metamagic on a spell from the, the tables of the spells of your of like your full moon abjuration and conjuration then you reduce the sorcery points spent by one so obviously you can then do metamagic for for minimum of zero on those spells which is kind of which is kind it's of really cool because it's, it's yeah it is metamagic is quite a major part of being a but ever being able to empower every abjuration spell or, or you know twin yeah make them so much stronger yeah twinning and all that sort of thing yeah. again I, at some point we do need to do a whole episode on sorcerers because yeah. i do feel there's, there's so much to it like you said like the twinning making sure the spell goes off twice careful so it doesn't hit any of your party because obviously that's yes. that's not obvious no. uh from yes. the spell description very easily and done <laughs> yeah and it's oh it happens all the time when i do it um i think what i quite like about it like you said so there's the, the three different types but you can change between them when you finish a long rest oh i did I, did i miss that bit? i didn't realize yeah you could it's, do that. it's underneath a lunar embodiment it says whenever you finish a long rest you can choose what lunar phase manifests its power through you and then you can also change it as well later on uh, for the waxing and waning magic feature as a bonus action you can spend one sorcery point to change your lunar phase to a different one i completely now, just... missed that bit i didn't no, realize you could change that's interesting you can change it's interesting right so you can also do something similar so the storm herald barbarian has something similar so when they have that storm's aura thing it's mm -hmm. like sea fire and tundra yeah. that you can change on a long rest you can switch it but very little people do i think because it's like well why would you because you maybe you've built into your backstory a little yeah. bit that it's like this like i think with these looking at the spells like they are very cool all of them i think all the spells like you said like full moon you got fairy fire moonbeam death war freedom of movement masculine wounds that's very of its type and then new moon spells which are a bit darker we had that sort of talk about necromancy so you got distant whispers bestow curse evards black, uh, black tentacles, tentacles. Yeah, cool. great i love that and then Miss yeah Lee crescent moon such an evil one. oh i know Lead is terrible isn't it oh yeah and then crescent moon is sanctuary blindness slash deafness phantom steve you know so they're very different and i think it's one of those things where if you planned it a little bit maybe you're like oh i always want to have these ones you can have that but you can also change uh, just like as a sort of more like this sort of more well-rounded character you can play though in that sense because you could you oh, can yeah. be a bit evil but you can also be someone who create sanctuary for people and and the death ward which you can is be, a, a, you, you, know. you could be changing as the the mm. moon changes as well i guess I, it's yeah. I, I guess yeah i guess i guess if you link your personality to one of the moons if you in your mm. in your campaign one of the moons has a darker history perhaps or a mm. story behind it you could you could tailor it to that but i guess it's it's kind of up to you as I, it would be something if a player really wanted to do this just chatting them through a bit because mm. it's it's that sort of thing where for me as a player i like the path of least resistance i like playing my character i don't need to do lots of prep for it whereas i know like with certain classes like i'm thinking druids at this point and maybe paladins you have to pick your spells long rest wise you might not change it at all but sometimes you're like certainly for druids i can imagine you're like okay this is coming up what spells 
should yeah. I prepare just in case? And it's just, oh, I didn't prepare that one spell, you know. So I, I can imagine you just switch it. Well, that's the thing from, now. Say, I'm fourth... thinking about that lunar empowerment, which is the 14th level mm. one. Like, all right, we're going to be stealthing in. I'm new moon today because I want that advantage on decks. And I want, uh, when you're in dim yep. light of darkness, attack rolls of disadvantage. So you're like, well, we're going to go, I mean, you know, we're going to go fighting non-magical beings in, yeah. you know, and getting into a castle tonight. Well, you're going to just do that, aren't you? 100%. And then... Right. Pretty much, right? Yeah. Then you enter in Barovia, you're going to just crescent moon it. So you have resistance to necrotic damage. You know, like that's what you're going to do. Radiant damage, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, full moon as well. The full moon one, I think, is interesting compared Mm. to the other two. So again, the lunar empowerment stuff. So again, you just get more stuff, essentially. So the new moon one, it says, you shed a bright light within 10 foot radiance Mm. and a dim light for an extra 10 feet. Additionally, you and creatures of your choice have advantage on saving throws whilst in the bright light you shed. So obviously that's great, having advantage on saving throws. But also... You're a bit of a beacon. Well, I had it this in in my Lunaras that they gave Did off a light you? in the in the dark, so they had disadvantage. They actually ironically had disadvantage in stealth because they are a moon yeah. in nighttime, so their skin gave off a slight glow when it was dark. Right. In daylight, it didn't do any different, but it was in nighttime only. So. And that's the thing, there's there's no disadvantage here. And I know wizards have definitely been trying to be very careful not giving disadvantage to people on things because they don't want to have any negative stats, which I totally get. But for me, if you shine a a bright light people are going to see it's a bit like again when we did an episode on pandemonium you're like well there's no natural light here and any magical light well everyone can see it it's like ah look there's the book who's got a magical light get them you know it's an interesting one i think that one but again that advantage on saving crows is always useful in a big boss fight Mm. and yeah like you said um disadvantage against you uh, for the new moon uh, in darkness and resistance to necrotic damage and radiant damage in the crescent moon. So they're all all equally good. So maybe, maybe maybe I'm just being a fuddy duddy about going. Oh, I can't bother changing because I'm a bit old with this. But maybe other people who are a bit more with it will be like, oh yeah, today I'm going to change my lunar magic feature. I think they're really cool. I think they're fun, and it would. What am I getting at? I think comparative to some of the other sorcerer subclasses, uh, sort of, it's just it, it works. It seems to fit it within with them, but it feels a little a little bit op. But maybe. Maybe I'm, I'm, I haven't read them enough to, to, to... It just feels like they're a lot... Like, you know, the resistance to necrotic and radiant damage is, is good, but those things on, like, the, the advantage on deck saves and having that dim like darkness disadvantage on all attack rolls feels quite quite impressive thing but it is at 14th level so maybe it's fine oh yeah i don't know I mean, I, no i i see what you mean i get a 14th level because is the thing i think we we always assume mm. oh, I, I always assume like when when do you start these the you know rolling characters and how far yeah. did they get before they get into the cool stuff right because yeah. let's face it just the, the natural way that we've run D games they always die a, a slow painful death when no one can make them and you only you only get to level five and it's quite sad yeah. Just to finally finish off, then uh, the final magic feature for the lunar magic, the uh, lunar phenomenon. So again, this idea of the phase stuff gets even more powerful. So you radiate intense moonlight for a moment. So you just go, <laughs> just bright beacon, and each creature of your choice within thirty feet, you must succeed on a Constitution saving throw against your spell save DC, or be blinded to the end of its next turn. In addition, one creature of your choice in the area regains 3d8 hit points. So that's quite useful. So it's a little bit of a, a pump up, sort of like here's some magic stuff, but also everyone is now blinded because I'm amazing. So I quite like that. The new moon one. So again, everyone must succeed in a dexterity saving throw against your spell safety sleep or take 3d10 necrotic damage and have its speed reduced to zero until the end of its next turn. And in addition, you become invisible yeah. <laughs> until the end of your next turn or until you make an attack or cast a spell. So that's quite good as well, I guess. Cool. And then finally, Crescent Moon, uh, you magically teleport to an unoccupied space you can see within 60 feet of yourself. 
In addition, you also gain resistance to all damage until the start of your next turn. So I like the fact that it's two separate things mm. for each one of them. And I think all three of those are actually pretty cool as a... Like, I, I, there's not one I would take over the other, if you see what I mean. I think they're all like, oh, that could be good. But then you can only use that bonus action once. You can't use it every single time uh, until you yeah. finish along this until you spend five sorcery points, which could be quite a lot when you get to... That's what, 18th level? You probably have a lot of sorcery points by then, but not, like, enough to keep doing it every single turn. Yeah, I mean, you do get that quite a lot, I was thinking, with the Crescent Movement, which is... um, I get it as... it. it so my paladin, again, is... um, I've forgotten the term for the elves of the of the um, uh, the Shadowfell. I've forgotten the term. Uh, sh- Shadokai. Shadokai. So Shadokai. So they get Blessing of the Raven Queen, which gives me the ability to... Misty Step, 30 feet, mm. once mm-hmm. per long rest. And also the subclass that I made for it gives you that as well. So literally I could... I could it's quite a, but it, quite a common... Misty te- Step is quite a common thing at lower levels, I felt. So 60... Mm. Oh, it's normally 30 feet, isn't it, Misty Step? But 60 feet, I felt for a level yeah, 8. Right. I thought for a level... I thought getting Misty Step for level uh, 18 seemed a little bit... Little bit like You're right. That, so. I think, yeah, I bet it might increase to 120 feet. Yeah, 120 or feet. Or like at least that. once per short rest or something like that maybe no you're right actually I hadn't considered the 60 feet stuff but yeah I think you'd, you'd like to be able to just shift around because you're yeah. going to be so badass by this point you run in do the damage and then whoop, you're 120 feet away so yeah, yeah. so then what right. comes next the backgrounds then is that right yes the backgrounds so we have two backgrounds and these are clearly very tied to Kryn mm. and to Dragonlance so we have the Knights of Salamnia uh, which is that idea again you train as a valorous warrior and it's this idea of strict rules guide your every action. You work to uphold them and strive to defend the weak and oppose all forms of evil. Your honour is as important to you as your life. So it does feel, again, to the uninitiated like myself, uh, very paladin-like. Yeah. Just without the the, the god mm. element in it or the faith element in it. Mm. Or, so it, it just feels like one up maybe from mm. fighter, but it just tied to a certain thing. In this you get what I would call generic skills in a sense of athletic survival, mm. One type of musical instrument. That was interesting, but maybe that's a thing that maybe they play a lot of music and it's probably in the books. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. 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 Is it going to be that sort of thing where Aragorn, Gimli and Gandalf are all smoking and Legolas is the one that's singing and you're like, oh, of course, there's always some bugger that sings. Yeah, someone's got to do Wonderwall by the campfire, haven't they? Hey, here's Wonderwall again. Uh, (laughs) A language of your choice uh, and an equipment, an insignia of a rank. And yeah, it says here... This is the first time I've ever seen this, actually, with the backgrounds. Cause, so for a lot of stuff they've started doing, obviously, it's like, anyone could be anything. That's great. But sometimes you're like, oh, but I want to create a certain type of character. I've got a story in my mind. I've got a backstory. But what yeah. class should I go with it? Yeah. This is the first time I've ever seen this where it goes, any class or subclass with a martial Paris would be a good fit for mm. this background. Here's some examples. But also, if you fancied playing a bard, try a bard with this. Or uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I just was like, or a barbarian uh, with uh, Path of the Zealot or something like that. Mm. And I was like, I like that. Because, you know, sometimes you're like, I want to create this idea for a character, but I don't know what would work. And is that sort of mixture mm. of like, you don't, not that you would deliberately make a bad character unless you're told otherwise by the DM yeah, to you're doing silly one shots. But this, this feels like you've got some choices. Here's some examples to try out and just give you a bit of guidance so you just narrow down your options. It's a, a nice idea, actually. I, I did enjoy that as well. And I thought, I, or I like the idea of, 
as you said, the more the, for the more unusual take for the for the D and D connoisseur. I sort of read that as yeah. for the you know for the sort of esoteric. You also sort of, yeah, I just kind of like that uh, saying because well, they did because they did it a little bit in the Strixhaven book itself. Yeah, they did say like oh, yeah. anyone can be a, a mage mm. of because obviously they did they did it pretty much completely away with that on Earth Arcana saying oh it's just for wizards and sorcerers mm. and bards and whatnot. They said anyone can do it, but if you're wondering, a barbarian might want to do this with this college and yeah. stuff like that. So but they only did it very very briefly. So I wonder if it was a quick rewrite and then this is deliberately. Gone Right, people want this. We want to no, give them I, a little bit of guidance. And so. we really like that because yeah. I like the fact that everyone at Strixhaven had a bit of magic with them. And I actually yes. also think that that post that as well is that you could that any campaign you wanted anyone to be have a bit of magic. You felt like the world is a magical world in your homebrew campaign. It's a really great yeah. system. Yeah, I know we always end up going. Oh, we really like this. Yeah. Again, I just want to just call out a few things from the table. So we've got uh, obviously a personality trait table and a, a trinket table to sort of really personalise it. And my favourite one on the uh, personality trait table is number four going, I joined the knights for the free meals, but the lessons grew on me over time. So I like to say, I came for the food, but stayed for the history. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I know I've said this before, but I feel... It's a wedding crasher who got, who got converted, yeah. isn't it? You know what I mean? yeah. It is. It is. It's that sort of thing where it's, a, it's the one-liners where you're like, that's a whole character in one line. Mm. They enjoy the they enjoy certain things, right? Uh, and, and now they're like, oh, I just, I can't bother leaving now because it's... Yeah, I enjoy it, but also I get some nice food and I was here for a reason and I'm brutally honest about why I was here and they've accepted me and that's all right. So I just, I like that as a as a, as a personality trait or like instantly I feel like a whole story for that person, just that uh, one line. Mm. So I quite like that. I actually kind of skim read them, so I'm glad you pointed it out. That's very no, good. That's okay. I, yeah, because I think sometimes we do skim read them a little bit. Like, so, so going on the trinkets table, for example, there's one which is the top one, number one, is uh, a flat silver disc you record your heroics on. Mm. So instantly I think of that as a, a bit sci-fi in a way, but almost like a, a captain's log type thing. Oh, and yeah. you just, you just, it allows you to monologue and to yeah. role play that and be like and maybe again depending on how you're playing this character you might you maybe are being a little bit liberal with the truth so today's activities i helped all of the party i led them to victory and they're just like we are here and they're like quiet i'm recording my notes i actually you know? had it in my mind that because it's all the musical instrument thing that it's like uh it's like one of those they've also got one of those um lp recording systems <laughs> like yes. that that in the yeah where you put a flat i thought it was like a silver disc and then you get yeah, your little it, thing, your little thing down. You record into it. <coughs> testing, testing. The gramophone. gramophone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but you, the one they have in uh, the King's Speech, where you actually can write onto yes. the, onto the thing. Yeah, that's what I imagine it to be as well. Again, we're saying this as we've not read Dragonlance at all, so maybe this is a big thing in, yeah. in Dragonlance. But I just, I just was like, this is really cool. Like, yeah, you would of course record your um your days going on or like a journal, but yeah. out loud. I definitely, yeah, I definitely assumed it was that rather than writing on a small. That's what, oh yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I see. But maybe I, I don't know if that magic, I don't, magic, that magic, that technology is actually technology. It's not <laughs> these computers. They got magic in them. Moving on to the Mage of the High Sorcery. Yes. So this a organisation of spellcasters that study magic and prevent its misuse. Mm. This is obviously quite big in Dragonlance as well. So there's three orders. We've got the Benevolent Order of the. I can't even say Benevolent now. The be- oh. That's the Benny Elephant. It is the Benny Elephant. It's the one we couldn't say before. Benevolent. I can ne- benevolent. Okay. So Hamilton, there's three orders. <laughs> the Benevolent. Oh, I can't even say <laughs> Do it. Do you want me to say it? 
I, Hamilton, yeah. what are the free orders so, of, this, uh, of the mage of the high society? High society? High sorcery? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop talking now. <laughs> I, just keep, there is I just keep tripping over my the words. The benevolent order of the white robes, the balance pursuing yeah. order of the red robes, or, yeah. and, or the ruthless order of the black robes. Basically goes good, neutral, evil, yeah. is what I, I assume okay, from yeah. that sort of there quick go, description. Yeah. What's interesting, again, it talks about, like, uh, obviously it, it sort of indicates that this is for wizards mm-hmm. as a background, but it also accepts any sort of magical casters, so bards, sorcerers, warlocks, etc. Again, a quick look at it, you've got skill proficiencies of Arcana and History, two languages of your choice, mm-hmm. always really good, and equipment, a bottled of curd ink. Um, I'd like to think you could choose the colour, that would be quite fun. Yeah. I just like it like a, a gel pen, but... Uh, it's not <laughs> rainbow ink or anything like that, it's not like... Oh, that makes me so sad that, oh... Um, an ink pen and a set of common clothes and a pouch containing 10 GP. So again, just little flavours, some stuff, but not too much. No tool proficiencies, though, interestingly. So no musical instruments and stuff. Maybe they just assume that you're going to be doing magic and you're not going to be, I don't know, thieves tools or anything like that. Uh, you get a feat as well, the initiate of high sorcery, which we'll come to in a second, I think. But again, it talks about how do you build a, a character like this. Mm. Typically, it says bards, wizards or warlocks, uh, and they can have any subclass, which is quite good. Mm-hmm. But they do say sp- uh, spellcasters who gain their magic through devotion or possess innate magic are less likely to be welcomed amongst it. So if people, so mm. anything with like like wild magic or anything like that, uh, druids, clerics perhaps? They're yeah, just devotion like, is mm. clerics, isn't it? It's the same. So Yeah. I mean, it does say so, uh, that bit, there's that little call-out box saying Mages of Dragonlance. In past presentations of Dragonlance settings, several of the Dungeons and Dragons and modern spellcasting classes yes. didn't exist. So to accommodate these, the group known once as the Wizards of High Sorcery has evolved into the Mages of High Sorcery. Mm. So they have obviously made differences to it. And it, and then it also mentions members who find the magic influences by the phases of the Crimson Moon also remain part of the group, which makes me wonder if I'm guesstimating that there was obviously something to do yeah. with the lunar magic that maybe they wouldn't have had in before or something like that. I don't know. Mm. I can't I can't. No, no I, think, I think that's true. And yeah, it's interesting that they have this right towards the end of the document, maybe not at the beginning. I Because again, I, I, I sort of glanced over it and was like, oh yeah, sure. But actually that could be quite important because again, if you're really a fan of the Dragonlance yeah. novels, you're like, oh, but I want to play a certain class that isn't covered mm. in that original setting because yeah. that's just not how second edition was working back then. So yeah. the personality traits, again, I think these ones are a little bit more generic. Mm. Uh, what's interesting, and I, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, is that there's definitely no um, alignment attached to these traits anymore because it used to be like good evil etc um to give you an idea there's nothing like that anymore i think it's just that idea that it's up to the player to interpret it how it is but Mm. i feel like like say number three magic is a means to a power and i will use it to pursue my ambitions Mm. i mean i see that instantly as evil but again i guess you could see that as a neutral thing and always like i will use it to all times because i'm very ambitious It, yeah. Ambition uh, isn't necessarily evil, as they say. But they, yeah. it isn't. It isn't. But again, I've read it. I instantly read it as evil, which exactly. is and maybe well, says more about me than this. And yeah, I guess. I mean, there are all people who are ambitious and evil. I think that's the other thing as well, isn't it? That is true. The, the Venn diagram yeah. does cross. They, they cross so. <laughs> quite a lot, but it, yeah, you can have an ambition for good things. So, so that's, I think that's the point. I like the trinket because I quite like the idea I of like a the purpose, purposeless device covered in coloured stones that can fold into various enigmatic shapes, like. That is so pleasing on a, on a level it just is. to have. Yeah, I love that one. Number, yeah, it's number something four. Something to that. muck about with. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like a fidget spinner, but it's like yeah, one of those blocks that yeah. those infinite blocks mm. that you move around. I, it's a Rubik's cube. Let's face it. That's sort of uh, the way of looking at mm. it. 
I quite liked from that table the first one, which is an unopened letter from your first teacher. Because I feel that, again, there's a mm. lot of role play stuff with that. And it instantly gives you a relationship to someone yeah. and you can make it like, is it, is it this or that? And it's unopened. Why is it unopened? Yeah. Do not you know, open just, until, you know, yeah, open yeah. up on my death or something. I don't know. Or like, yeah. still haven't read it. Or, yeah, or you're frightened to open it because yeah. you don't know what it says. And it's yeah. been 20 years and it yeah. just, I don't know, it says something benign or something yeah. like that. But there's one at the end, of number yeah. six, a lens which you can look through to see the invisible moon of Kryn, which I was like, oh, what would you use that for? But I love that idea. Well, let me check on the moon. <laughs> you look it up and go, oh, yes, it is. And it is waxing now. Yeah. It's waning now. <laughs> exactly. And then one day you go, someone's waving. What? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Those are the two so backgrounds. I mean, your initial thoughts, I know, just again, just reading over them, they're quite short. Yeah. I mean, the backgrounds, all right. aren't they? I mean, they're more, yeah. they're more specific backgrounds. I think backgrounds we've had in the past have been very much, you know, and I was interesting, I was listening to uh, Derek on How Not to DM talking to James Intracasso yeah. about how he got started in DM's gilding and he started with backgrounds. And, mm-hmm. and he made a really interesting point, which I always, I've made some backgrounds myself. And the thing that I've done with backgrounds is trying to make them much more, focused on things because they can be just a bit generic as his point you know and yeah. i kind of agree with that it's like i once was a soldier i was i'm you know i once was a cook you know chef or something like that you know whilst these and there was there is folk folk hero and stuff like that but i think there's something kind of more interesting that it becomes something more particular yeah. something more you know like the strixhaven ones and like these ones where they give you something within the world and they're specific to that. And obviously you can always flavour a basic one, but I think there's, mm. there's, I think more of this sort of stuff. Again, the DMs Guild is out there and there's lots of great stuff already, but it, I just, I, I'm interested yeah. in more of this sort of I specifics. Mean, I wonder if though, maybe with, if there is a Dragonlance setting coming out, there's going to be a ton of history about those two particular, that are going yeah. to be elsewhere in the book. Yeah. Sounds uh, like it. So maybe, so maybe that's why there's not as much here on it, perhaps. Yeah. But yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree with that. Finally, wrapping us up, we've got the feats. Yeah. So it's interesting because they've got, again, a nice little table at the top to tell you how many feats there are. Because you're yeah. like, oh God, there's so many of them. Mm. But actually, there's only 10. Two of them of which you get with, with one of the backgrounds. Mm. Uh, so either the Initiate of High Sorcery or the Squire for the Night one. And then from there you can build up. So there's like three that are related to the Mage one, three mm. related to the, the Night one. Yeah. And then one which is just called Divinely Favoured and then Divine Communications which build on top of that. Yeah. So it's interesting that in order to have these feats, again maybe something I haven't noticed before is that in order to get later feats you need to have the initial well, feats. I've never seen that before. Did it do it in Fizzbands? Yes, I they did it in, they did a series of dragon, uh, so you can get to like dragon sight and stuff like that, didn't they? They had that ability, mm. they, you had feats that you could You'd get bestowed upon from the dragon. Yeah, the, yes, exactly, gifts. and then you, you gain those feats mm. additional each time till you got to now I'm saying Fizzbands, or it might be in the Fizzbands compendium I read, but uh, it's in one of the other. Ah, ha, 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 oh, I can't remember. I, that's the annoying thing. I might do a quick. Uh, I've... Have a quick Google, but I think that's fair. But for me, because like, I I'm always a big fan of having like taking feats as and when, you know, instead of taking it as the the ability score improvement, but also not having a. Unless it's, I guess it's one of those things where I wouldn't need, if I wanted to get another, a, a certain feat, I don't want to rely on another feat to get there. I, I don't mind if it's like, oh, you need to have a certain strength score or anything like that. Cause that's like, okay, that's a mechanical thing. Okay, fine. But like, oh, cause I didn't choose this earlier on. I now can't get this. I don't know. I don't, there's something a bit different about it for me for that, for example. Need I think a, a I'm getting confused process. with the draconic gifts, potentially. Ah, okay. I think mm-hmm. so. 
Yeah, I have to go back. I think that's what I'm getting confused about. But that's it's very similar, right? I think it's that idea that you build upon certain gifts and stuff. Like maybe and that maybe it's been influenced on this as well. Yeah. I'll just sort of jump ahead. So the initiate of the high sorcery one. So you choose one of the three moons of Kryn, mm-hmm. each of which is associated with a distinct type of magic. So the black moon, the red moon, or the white moon, mm-hmm. and you learn a cantrip and one level one spell based on the moon you choose, as specified in the table. Again, it's a, it's a nice way to get some other spells, but also flavor flavor in a way. I think it's interesting because obviously with the lunar magic subclass, you switch between moons mm. or phases of the moon, and then now you've got a moon that you have to dedicate yourself to. Mm. I just again maybe it's just because I would feel a bit overwhelming for me, uh, just like there's a little bit of admin going. Okay, I can't change this one, but I can change this. Well, you one. wouldn't then, would and you? It feels like you would then feel like it would feel makes sense that you wouldn't change the moon. Yeah, if you, I mean, looking at it, like the... Um, but then actually, no, but they're different because the other one is, this is the moon, the other one's on phases of the moon. So they're not, yeah. so actually it is so, separate. This is the thing, so there is that, but if you look, for example, at the top one, so the, the black moon, for example, that is all about sort of necromantic and evocation mag- uh, magic. So you've got like chill touch, mm. mage hand and vicious mockery, and then choose one that is yeah, they are, uh, of a yeah, level they, one. They do have so, a relationship, so that's already, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then you, so you go, okay, so we've got the, the black moon and I'll then take the new moon phase because that's all about that and then you change it it's like I, for me it clashes a little bit I'm with but you on that I'm with you. I agree with that that's, that's the only thing that's the only thing I think because I, I, otherwise I would just be like well I'll just keep to the same phase which is a shame I think cause I, so I don't know that's the only thing I was like oh but just because you had this before but again you have to be apprentice of the high sorcery so you have to have that background mm. the Esquire one <laughs> I can't say the last name so I'm avoiding it I quite like this so you gain proficiency in medium armour martial weapons you gain advantage on saving throws made to avoid falling off a mount yep. uh, it's an interesting one because i don't know how often i have mounts in my combat or anything like that or use them no i don't know like maybe maybe again dragonlance maybe you always have a mount with you or you that's well you're riding on the backs of dragons with your dragon lances aren't you because you've got the back of a good dragon <laughs> that's that's how that's that's what we know your about dragon mech, lance. it's all about riding mech. them dragons <laughs> And you also get something called Encouraging Rally. Uh, you can see another creature within 30 feet to make a saving throw, and you can use your reaction to inspire them. Mm. If they can hear you and understand you, they gain advantage on the saving throw. Which makes you think this Always bardic good. thing is coming back again, because they, they had their musicians, so maybe they've got a little bardic trait these nights. Oh, it does feel very bardic, doesn't mm. it? Yeah, no, I hadn't, I hadn't spotted that. But again, you can only use it once per long rest. Come on, get up! <laughs> <laughs> fight the good it fight! It is but a scratch! <laughs> And then divinely favoured, so yeah. a god has chosen you to carry a spark of their divine power. Mm. You learn thaumaturgy and one level one spell based on the alignment mm. of your character. Mm. Bringing back alignment after this, after not mentioning it at all, doing yeah. away with it. But again, I think it's an interesting one. So if you're evil, you choose a warlock or wizard spell. Yeah. Good, a cleric or wizard spell. Or neutral, a druid or wizard spell. Evil. Basically, they've ju- basically they've just said that warlocks and wizards are evil, clerics and wizards are good. Oh, a druid's a wizard. Oh, they did. Sorry, I just. Well, no, 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 no. But but that's the thing, right? Because again, it's that unspoken thing of like, well, are warlocks evil? And they're like, no, no, no. But we've mentioned that they might be evil here. I do think it's interesting mm. doing away with alignment for most things, like not even in yeah. the traits tables and stuff like that. And then you bring it here. Yeah. Interesting. interesting. It was interesting. I think what I would do instead of making it tied to a class, you would tie it to a school of magic instead. So evil necromancy, perhaps. Mm. You know that that's the only thing I could think of. But even then, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent on it. I've got to be honest. I was a bit I, not shocked, but I was like, 
that's an interesting yeah, it is an interesting point twist. isn't it it was just kind of i thought i was just being a bit glib about it but it is interesting that they have yeah. this is when actually i think alignment isn't well placed because i actually like alignment as i've said before for characters to use as a basis for helping them role play and that's it mm-hmm. but applying alignment to things mm. is where it becomes troublesome in my mind that's yeah. probably what it is because you're like you're now defining warlock spells as evil yeah i mean i think there's a whole episode to be said are warlocks evil is a good is probably a point they make bargains with, with creatures that you don't understand yes that's the no thing, i know but it's yeah. like are oh, the magics they use sorry evil yeah. is what i mean sorry like because yeah. there's that well that's the thing that's where the yeah. conversation is to be said yeah you know so it's like because it's eldritch is eldritch evil or is it just un as you said is it just unknowable is it just that's what it is it's, it's just it's just powerful but it just comes across mm. as I don't know. Completely and there are death domain clerics, you know. Is that a good yeah. cleric? I don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the life and death stuff. I mean, again, we've seen it in, in Strixhaven recently, the Witherbloom stuff. So just I know we're going, yeah, interesting constantly, but yeah, and I think so it's interesting. We agree with each other in this sort of like, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, we're both very passionate about D&D and we also agree with everything. And then just sort of jumping on from divinely favoured to divine communication. Yeah. So in order to get this, you need that divine favoured mm. first as a uh, you get an ability score improvement, celestial tongues, so you can be able to speak, read, and write celestial, and two other languages of your choice. So that's pretty impressive. Like getting more and more languages is always. I always find mm. that quite fun as a roleplay thing. And then you have something called divine omens. You can cast augury and commune spell without spending a spell slot, and you must finish one d four long rest before you can use it in this way again. So that's pretty cool because both of those spells are they're sort of like gives a hint DM in a way and asking your, your god to sort of give you some communication. But that's the first time I've ever seen however many long rests to recover. That's not necessarily exhaustion in order to get those particular spells back. Because obviously they're very powerful spells. You don't want to be constantly asking the DM like, hey, which way should we go? down this road should we go left or right <laughs> you know it reminds me a bit of um, Sherlock Holmes's uh, thing that he did with Quill's character the Quill mm. character who had the ability uh, to use this was, eye had the eye that he gave him he gave this divine yeah. eye which allowed him to to see uh, into a future moment or something that's happened in the past in a particular location with a 1d3 th- uh, amounts of things, but then you can use it those three within a week or something like that. And it was kind of, it's just, yeah. it just reminded me of that. That's the only thing it reminded me of. And it worked well. Yeah, and like, it was a bit game-breaking, but in in a quite good way and in an interesting enough way. And also, I think that's because that's the difference between that, because I know exactly what you mean, and that was, yeah, it had some really cool role-play mm. modes. I really love that as a thing, is that it was a magic item rather than a feat. Oh yeah, uh, no, of course so. it was. It just so yeah. that, that that. But that's the thing. I think I think I feel like for me that's justified. So, yeah, it's a magical item. You're all going to find magical items in this. Where it's like I could just do this, not willy nilly, but, but like this I was could a just magical item that was attached to his body. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Is it? It was yes. his. Oh eye. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was his. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. So it kind of was more innate than a. But I agree with your saying. What you're saying is that yeah, yeah. having a staff that can be nicked and that can break and there's always sort of mm. those things. Whilst this is my feet, you're not really getting rid of that, are you? And then just to quickly sort of round off, so the other other sort of the knights one and the adepts one, mm. what's interesting is that they have, and again, maybe it's just me, but I've never seen this before with, with feet. So for each of them, they have sort of a, a two-part things that you get. So the mm. first one is usually some, either for the adepts ones, you get some sort of spell mm. that is related to your the, a second spell yeah. level of your choice, but it has to be from certain schools of magic. Mm. For the knights one, it's usually like a, a spell increase, a spell increase, a modifier increase. Yeah, what power, I was looking at. wasn't it? Was the one of them and yeah. Proficiency, all that sort of thing. Yes, increase increase scores or gain proficiency and stuff. And then you get the interesting 
a combat thing or something like that. So like, just going, I'm just going to go through them quickly. So like, the Adept of the Black Robes life channels. When a creature you see within 60 feet of you fails a saving throw against a spell you cast, you can expend a number of hit die equal to the level of that spell. Roll that number of hit die and equal to half the number of dick die expended. Ugh. And the damage the triggering creature takes increases by an equal amount of the total that you've rolled. Blah. Essentially, you spend hit die to get more damage mm. on it, essentially. That's what it's sort of saying, which is quite a cool little thing mm. to do, I think. Yeah. I quite like that. No, I thought it was quite cool. You, you, the word it says, like, channeling your life force into the power of your magic. So you're, like, dealing a bit of... And yeah. again, that's the black robes one, so it's the necromantic one. So you are using your own life force to increase your, your magical power cool. at the cost of yourself. Yeah. Very cool. If I was going to say, which one do I think that Fiona was going to like? This is my new game that I do every week. Which is the thing that I think Fiona's going to like the most? Which one is Fiona going to like? It is the it is the black one. Yeah, I will say. Yeah, no, I have no problem with that. That that's totally fine. The adept of the red robe. So for them, it's a magical balance. When you make an attack roll, ability check or saving throw, and roll nine or lower, you can use your reaction to balance fate and treat the roll as a ten. And you can use that reaction a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and you gain them all on the, yeah. on the long rest. Quite good. Uh, very well, rogue-like. I was going to say, my favorite, one of my favorite rogue, roguish traits, the um, talent, reliable, I know, talent, I know, reliable I, talent. Reliable talent. Yeah, I yeah, think it's yeah, a, yeah. Which, again, you know how much I love rogues. But yeah, I think reliable talent is a great rogue. thing because actually when you hit higher levels and you're rolling twos, you feel like a bit of an idiot. Because you, you can have a whole session when you roll a bunch of twos and you're just like, I'm amazing now, right? I'm a level 14 wizard. Let me, let me just be average because it's just, I was having an off day, but I still managed to get I should at least the, be average, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of it. It should be basic. Well, I'm not a answer. massive Beatles fan, but the Beatles, I'm sure, when they had a bad gig, were still pretty good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like that's, oh, yeah. you know, in their later days. So it's kind of that sort of thing. Uh, you have something then for the Adept of the White Robes, Protective Ward. Mm. Uh, you can use your reaction to expend a spell slot and weave protective magic around a target. So you, when you take damage or when a creature takes damage within 30 feet, roll a number of d4s equal to the level of the spell ex- slot expended mm. and reduce that damage from the target plus your spell modifier. Yeah. So again, I like the idea, don't get me wrong, but again, it's that sort of thing because it's not necessarily a fixed number. Mm. Uh, for me, I'm like, there's a lot of... You have to work it out. Yeah. <laughs> and again, if I'm in the middle of a combat, I'm like, okay, wait, I can reduce the damage. One second. D4. Yeah. D4. And as a reaction as well, you're going to be like, ready for that. And it's how many often do you get these things? So you just do that any time. That's a reaction you can Every always... Every time yeah. you have a... Yeah, so you just have that up as a thing you have to keep a track of all the time. And that's... I, I Yeah, I think they'll change that to be... You'd have it as equal to your number of proficiencies or something mm. and then expend them on a long rest because otherwise you're just going to do that all the well, time. You're, you are expending spell slots though, so you are losing something for it. Oh, are you? Oh, yeah. yes. So you are... So okay, you're having, like, if you're using a 9 D4s, you're having to give up a ninth spell slot for that, which is quite high, high level. Protective magic though, you can only do that finish a long rest before you can cast this any in, in any way again but the protective ward you can do at all times so yeah depending on your spell slots yeah, exactly. yeah absolutely and yeah then finally we've got knight of the crown knight yeah. of the sword knight of the rose mm-hmm. so knight of the crown you get tactical teamwork uh, when a creature you can see within 30 feet of you makes an attack roll against another creature that is within 5 feet of you mm. uh, you can use your reaction to grant, grant advantage to the attack roll mm. you can use this reaction a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and regain all the expended pieces on, on a long rest so again it's like you charge in you're next to the big ogre mm. and then you've got your, whoever's behind you that's uh, the ranger or, or people throwing stuff at it and you're just happy to be next to them so you're like I'm here guys I'm helping I'm helping just dancing around the ogre that is a good band name dancing around the ogre the ogre in the room. 
Uh, Knight of the Sword then was, yeah, this uh, Order of Sword is a group devoted to heroism and courage. You gain proficiency, intelligence, wisdom, or charisma saving throws, your choice when you take this feat. And then willpower, immediately after you or a creature you can see within 30 of you fail in intelligence, wisdom, or charisma saving throw, you can expend a hit die. The saving throw increases by an amount equal to a roll of that hit die, potentially turning a failure into a success. So it's again, and it's sort of interestingly it's a it's a bardic inspiration that you apply or a guidance that you apply to your player to someone at the time of something happening which i think is interesting more of a because i as i said many a time i love a good reaction as well i think more reactions are better uh because it gives more people more things to do and we've even though we've said that it gives you too many things to do maybe sometimes but actually instead of like doing the bar like oh before someone's gonna do it you have that whole moment where it's like oh i'm gonna go try something okay guidance i cast guidance four people cast guidance on me and then i'm gonna give you a bar- i'll give you a speech yeah and it's all like mm-hmm. in reality if people could, you know people would be like yeah you can do this right they would like if you're like about to do something yeah. big but there is something more fun and dynamic in combat which can as we've all said sometimes can become a little bit i roll my dice and stuff like that when someone can be like oh crap, they're looking really bad. Um, I use my willpower feet mm-hmm. and I'm going to use some of my hit dice and that's going to, you can now make that make that save, make that save. I don't know, I think it's, I just like that sort of more immediacy of combat happening and, and that's kind of fun. I think for me, what's interesting, right, because it's obviously Knight of the Sword. Mm. For me, I would say, okay, so it's not a spellcaster class. Why don't I just go for a barbarian and expend a hit die because that's a d12. Uh, you get the highest one. So, like, if you like, I would I'd be like, if I wanted this feat, yes. I would work backwards and going, okay, yeah, I'll go for a class that, that has a high. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Like that. That's the thing. I was just like, yeah, because it doesn't say like. Because obviously, it could be any any D tens, don't they? Don't they? And fighters get D tens. Is that right? So you're still getting a. You probably most of the standards are going to get D ten, but yeah, D twelve. I forgot they get D twelve. Why, why don't? Why wouldn't you go for a barbarian as a knight of the sword? I and forgot just, they get D twelves. There's so many highs and then so many lows. You're like, oh no, a two? What? You betrayed me, D12. <laughs> uh, and then Knight of the Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Knight of the Rose. Uh, bolstering Rally. When you roll initiative, you can choose up to three of the creatures you can see within 30 feet of you. They each gain temporary hit points equal to the roll of a hit dice, plus your proficiency bonus, plus the ability modifier of the ability score increased by the defeat. Could be oh. con or charisma. Um, and you can use this feat equal a number of times to your bonus proficiency and you regain all of them on the long yeah. rest. Again, that's all. That's all the thing you go. Wait, before you roll initiative, let me just, oh, like, you know, oh no. That's that's the only thing is that it, again, it it stops the combat because you have to be like, wait, you have to be ready for it. As soon as it goes, we're going into combat. It's like, is it a surprise round? Is it this? Hang on, let me roll my my hit die, etc. It's definitely yeah, a bardic that, relationship to all of these things, isn't there? There really is because yeah. it's um. Hero, what's that um, ten minute speech you give people? What's that? Is that oh, uh, ins- ins- inspiring, inspiring leader? leader? That's the other one that reminded me of a bit as well, which I always find funny. This idea is someone's going to sit down for ten minutes and listen to you waffle on and then feel inspired. <laughs> like, oh, for God's God, sake. not Derek, you're inspired just to not, get out. Not of it, Harry aren't you? again, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and just because you mentioned it briefly, I just I've just looked over it, and yeah, the adept of the Black Rose. It also says as a prerequisite. Uh, any non-good alignment and then looking over the, at the adept of the white robes any non-evil alignment ah. so instantly i'd only just spotted that i was like oh hang on <laughs> wait a minute but again maybe in Draglands, maybe things are more say black and white in terms of evil and good so there you go like again a six page document on unearthed arcana some interesting stuff in there i definitely would be keen to use some of those feats I'm not a big fan of the prerequisites, 
per se, but maybe that's just me. I just like like trying them out and having yeah. a go with them per se. It's very but old fashioned D and D actually. Yeah. Very again the sort of yeah. prerequisite bit because that's kind of it, it's prescribing it. But I think what that I think in some ways some areas I'm not 100% keen. In some ways I see what they're trying to do is make it more not min max, but they're trying to make particular particularities. Mm. But I think yes. the great thing is and something that we all realise is don't have to listen to the prerequisites. You can just chuck them in the bin. <laughs> so even though they've done it, yeah. you could just be like, yeah, so what? I would say, yeah, none of the prerequisites, I would say, again, just through us briefly looking through it, are game-breaking that if you did the higher one, yeah. then it's like, oh, you've ruined, in quotation marks, your character. You've ruined the yeah, game. Exactly. I don't think that's true at all. Yeah. I think you could just do that. But yeah, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what this Dragonlance stuff, what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I am a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm actually going to be very honest. It's never really, the thing is, never really fully appealed to me. And and the fact that when I was in the 2E world, it, I never grabbed hold of it. I'm going to take the time to look into it more, but it's not one that I'm as excited about. I'm more interested to learn more about Dark Sun and Spelljammer, which was incredible so i'm gonna give it a try i'm not someone that's not gonna be like oh i'm not interested yeah. but i'm just saying no. out of all of the ones i was like oh okay it's just a bit more it's another it just seems to me another fantasy setting i guess yeah because obviously i think if you're already a fan of it mm. you're going to be a fan of of the of the campaign setting you know people have been asking for it to be fair and if you, like i was quite excited when i saw the the new release of the book because i was like okay this could be my jumping in point and see see what all the fuss is about which is it sounds like derogatory I don't mean that at all because I you know it's something I, I, I do want to get into reading the yeah. novels and stuff but the big takeaway from all this Unearthed Arcana I think because there's lots of stuff coming out is that some of the stuff isn't going to be for everyone like I know some people didn't like the Strixhaven stuff yeah. some people didn't like Wild Beyond the Witchlight yeah. and all that sort of thing but that's okay because there is stuff for everyone else and, and yeah. Yeah. I, think it's that. I think it's just like what I liked about those was giving you more of something different that adds a layer onto it. Whilst this, I don't know, and maybe this does, I think this is this is great because but it's a very particular story and that's what this sort of Anarchana yeah. shows really is that this is actually giving you, even though it's giving us interesting new ways of looking at things, like, you know, I think that it's it's also, like we're talking about the Kender and stuff like that, how that could lead to something more interesting further on in terms of, you know, but I think... Yeah, it feels like it's just like this is something for people who are interested in in that world and giving you that world. And I'm going to say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to say a little bit like the Critical Role books coming out. I'm interested yes. in it as an adventure. And yeah, of course, I like the show. So I'm interested in in the books. But someone who's not interested in Critical mm-hmm. Role would come to that, I imagine, and be like, it's just a homebrew setting for yeah. D&D yeah. that's not really, you know, being in the most positive way possible yeah. is not giving you anything completely different to D&D on the scale right. that something like Spelljammer is doing. Do you know what I mean? I yes. think we can all ag- hopefully agree Absolutely. that's the case. I'm not, I, you know, yes. I enjoy it and I really think the world is incredible, but mm. it is just another homebrew world. It's not D&D in space. It's not Planescape, yeah. which is like the world cosmology. It's not Dark Sun, yeah. which is post-apocalyptic. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. that's kind of all I, I, I take They have the big genre. Well, it's, it's not Ravenloft. It's yeah. not, you know, that's horror. Yeah, those, it's not, yeah, yeah it's, exactly. Yeah. It's just it's just another flavour of a high fantasy. Yeah. And as we've discussed many times, sometimes high fantasy isn't the thing for you. And that's totally okay. So, that, yeah. I think that's great. And I think that's they, we shouldn't then not have any of it. I just think that's why no. it's not. For me, I'm just, I always like something a bit, I'm always up for the new. 
but maybe that's the thing. And if we round off this this episode, I think this is the thing, right? Is that there's been a lot of cries for like we want to see stuff like Spelljammer updated yeah. for the fifth edition. We want to see these things, yeah. but maybe it's that sort of thing. Was like, are we focusing too much on the yeah. past? Maybe we should go off and make our new stuff because the Kenda as well. Again, sorry, jumping a little bit here. As far as I'm aware, they're not appearing in the the folks of the multiverse book Mordecai mm. presents. And I assume, A, because that book's out a little bit earlier than uh, whatever yeah. whatever it will come about from this, but also it deliberately takes uh, races that aren't necessarily tied to a particular setting. Yeah. So I feel that the Kenda are only going to be in a Dragonlance setting, mm. or like because it, it makes sense for them to be there, if you yeah. see what I mean. So that kind of is a bit like, oh, okay. Because like, I, 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 what makes it, it's what, what would make Dragonlance appealing to, to new people who haven't read the books? So far... Just because we've done so much in terms of like homebrew stuff and looking at stuff, we will say I I will certainly say nothing much. I I, I don't I don't feel the urge to be like oh, I'm gonna go play Dragons and yeah. stuff. Maybe once I've read the books, I maybe I'll completely change. Well, I think my that's mind it. And I'll say that that's completely. exactly it. I think it's that. It's just it's going back again onto your point of like doing. Are we looking back too too much? I think too much. I think that, it's true, right? I think with Spelljammer and and I would have said with Planescape if they did it, was that both of those are expansions on the world that we've already got. Yes. Because they take the world that you know and give you the extra additional layers. Like the Spelljammer just gives you the space of the world you're in. So it's like an expansion of that. It feels like an expansion mode. Whilst, and you could argue then if you go to Spelljammer, then you can go to Kryn world and then Kryn is an expansion of that. But what I'm saying is that it feels, yeah, it's not it's not like adding a whole new layer of stuff on top. And that's what I think, like, why I always feel they should do the Planescape thing, because everyone says, oh, they've got planes in it. But the point is that it gives you all this, and you can do it like I'm doing it, you can just read the books, but it, it's adding that fleshing out the world that we've already got, which is kind of interesting. Yes. Kind of I idea. think, yeah, I think it's always good to add more rather than reinvent the yeah. wheel, maybe. Maybe. But, Again, just say no. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure when it comes out, eventually we'll do our own review and go, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, and we'll be changing yeah, our minds, exactly. you know. Yeah, overall, I think from going up forward, I wonder if we're going to see more Unearthed Arcana like this, which is not, here's all these lineages, yeah. here's this. It's going to be connected to settings well, it feels coming like up. we're so going to have to see something yeah. about this new setting, the new, new setting, mm. which is horror inspired again, as we know, because it's, the, yes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> happy, happy fight! Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my, my, I'm doing my Mr. Burns impression. Exactly. Going, it's yeah, it was a very good one uh, actually, indeed. Yeah, brilliant. What a, what a way to end on it. Thank you, Hamilton, yeah. for dealing with with me going off, going. What is this uh, unearthed arcana? Uh, I guess quickly to round off because I know we've we've spoken at great length. What is happening with you? What no a idea. new shows happening? <laughs> I have you have no, no idea. idea. Oh no, <laughs> things are happening. So though. many things no. are happening, but I don't know what we can talk about. What we can't. There's still uh, Dragon's Jewels, Shattered Realms ongoing. Darkest Timeline is is actually back on track again, and that will be starting again. We've had a couple of weeks off, and so and we were going to have a break to do a game show, and that fell through. So we had a bit of we've had we're going to have two weeks of off, but we'll be back and. I think that's going to start. It's really going to start ramping up. So we've got one episode where it's going to be. It's all a little bit chill, and then the next minute it's going to go. We've had like a few episodes of like it was all like in the abyss, and then everyone was sort of chill. And then it's like right <laughs> now we're going to get to the end game. Well, you know, we're in the abyss and it's chill. That's a sentence I never thought I'd ever hear aloud. What's that? So, I the don't. Abyss I, wasn't I, chill. We had the abyss, and then it was chill. Yes. And then and that, that's, oh, I thought you said we were in the abyss and it was chill. No, that's what I heard. No, no. And I was like, we were, at, we were in the abyss, and then it was chill. 
and then and then then it's not gonna be chill i i'll believe how about you how's where Where's where? How where is, is where? where? Where's who? Who? What? Where? Hey. Uh, um, <laughs> that's the first time I've ever done that joke. That should it's be terrible. perfect. Um, it's like who? I know. What? what? What setting are you doing? Where? Who's playing in it? Uh, in where? I can't believe it's taken me four years Jeez, to get to this point. I know. It's just this. Is, it's terrible. Anyway. Where so? What am I rolling? Is a twice monthly RPG one shot podcast which I host every so often. Uh, it's going very well, uh, Hamilton. You'll be glad to know I have scheduled Long Haul 1983, so that's coming out in the next couple Ooh. of weeks, which I'm very, very excited for. It was super fun to to finally do the edit for it because I made a proper effort to do some soundscaping uh, and yes. do something throughout the whole thing. Ooh. So hopefully, people I'm looking enjoy forward it. to that one because uh, I've heard I've, yeah, it's so out, you've said so much about it, it without ever saying what's happened but so much around it that sounds really exciting that I really I, I worry though we'll, we'll come back to recording this after you've listened to it and you go I can't see you in the same light ever oh, really? again you're so sad Fiona it's like I said there's a big content warning at the beginning because it is it gets very dark very quickly so if you're not in a not in a great okay. mood and you hate the world maybe it's not the one of you but I, I again I love sort of ones well, RPGs I've done loads of them on the channel we've got other things coming up we've got Numenera coming up mm. I'm hoping to run a game of Paranoia coming up because mm. I, I love Paranoia I've tried that recently and hope to do that and yeah it, we're all ticking along essentially and that's it uh really um as as always we have our 10 percent off 10 percent offer code off that's that i said the words in the wrong order there but 10 percent off offer code at third space gaming your friendly local game store in burnley i'm doing i'm going back and forth on my screen now and that's, that's the only I'm way we get through you. this it you're doing it with me, so I'm not alone. You're supporting me. Um, all you have to do is type in the offer code DMVC into checkout, uh, and you get <laughs> you sped up ten percent um, off your first purchase. Whether that is maybe your copy of Call of the Neverdeep, maybe you're gonna hold on to it and wait for any pre-orders or campaign settings. Mm. If that comes out, they're very good at just dropping them in and then announcing them. Yeah. I will say Wizards recently, so be on the lookout for that. But yeah. That's it with me, and that's it for this episode Fantastic. of the Ems Book Club. I'm sure we will see, speak, hear to you next here time. You. And as always, <laughs> here to you, here to you. Well, well okay, let's go, let's, go let's go, Fiona, before it's too late. Right. We'll, we'll go. I'm going to be wheeled away, but until next time, folks, we will. <laughs> She's gone. See you flip on the side. flip side. Bye. Bye.